Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. This week's Smallest Cast podcast. This podcast is designed for small government contractor service providers and manufacturers, part of the government contractor ecosystem, connecting people, organizations, and resources. I'm your host, Just Nate, and this week we have Just DK online. Welcome, DK. Just DK and Just Nate. That's right. Just us. That's right. Just us. Justice. Just We're part of the Justice League. Ooh. You know what? We never did that before. That's pretty good. I like that. That's right. The Justice League. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, actually, we're not technically alone because I am at the uh, Mountain West UAS Roundup, Unmanned Aerial Systems Roundup in beautiful Mount Princeton, Hot Springs, Colorado. The worst place you could ever have a UAV drone conference. It sucks here. It's yeah, horrible. I, I you don't ever want to go here. I you don't ever want to go here. Nestled yeah. between Mount Antero and Mount Princeton, two 14,000-foot snow-capped peaks already, uh, in a valley with the beautiful Chalk River and campgrounds. And at the end of the road is St. Elmo Ghost Town um, from the eight, late 1800s, 1872, 1878-ish. Um, so if you come here in the fall ever – in October, November, when the trees are changing, it is the most beautiful drive. And then uh, Mount Princeton Hot Springs is open year-round, so just put a quick, pl- quick plug in for them. They have cabins. They have uh, that sleep up to, like, I think, 8 or 10. They have conference centers, two of them. They have um, hotel rooms. They have creekside hotel rooms, mountainside hotel rooms. Super nice. Um, and they also have the hot springs, of course. And there's one, two, three, four big hot spring pools, plus little pools along the riverside, and then three little, like, tubs next to one of the upper pools. Anywhere from, I think it's 97, 98 degrees to, like, 100, 100 I want to say 103. I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, anyway, super nice, super I've never been to the Mount, Mount Princeton, that Mount Princeton Hot Springs. I've been to Pagosa yeah. Hot Springs many times. Um, yep. I'm guessing they're about the same. And, yes, except and one's in Pagosa and one's in Mount Princeton. <laughs> if, if I remember right, you waited till like Thursday to invite me along. So, you know, I think you do that, <laughs> I think you do that on purpose so then I don't come along. Well, we had an extra room. No, I actually sent you the invite to it a long time ago asking if you were going to go to it. Um, so we need to have a couple people on the – so so this is the 11th year – 
of the UAS Roundup um, at beautiful Mount Princeton Hot Springs. They do it every September. So it's a great time to come up to Mount Princeton Hot Springs. So mark your mark your calendars for mid September 2024. Um, always a very good program. Uh, so what they do typically is it's a Sunday Monday conference. So you can come up on Friday or Saturday, do some tubbing like I did, some hot springing. Uh, bring your mountain bike. You can go camping here too. Uh, four wheeling. Um, take your razor up. You can do all that kind of stuff up here. You can actually go over the pass to Tin Cup. Um, so beautiful back in there in that valley. Um, and then you're just 10 miles outside of Buena Vista where there's mountain biking galore, a bunch of lakes for fishing and rivers. And it's right on the Arkansas River. People were still whitewater rafting on Saturday. Um, so anyways, you come up, uh, the agenda is Sunday and Monday. Sunday is uh, uh, all the activities are in Buena Vista at the airfield. There's a drone park. It's a nationally sanctioned FAA-approved drone park, and they do demonstrations there of all the vendors. So this year was Multicopter Warehouse out of Denver, um, the Center of Excellence for Aerial Firefighting, Mountain West UAS, uh, Mike's Aviation provided a lunch down there. Spacelink and Chaffee County Search and Rescue were here, as well as PIX4D. They all did demos of their aircraft. They all showed demos of they showed demos of their software, how they're you know taking the data coming off the um, aircraft. And then they also uh, FLIR. They did a demonstration. Uh, FLIR has now built a new U.S. built UAV with FLIR cameras. So they also demonstrated that. Um, and then that evening is a reception up at Mount Princeton, the Mount Princeton Pavilion. So you get to spend the day watching all the UAV drones and then getting classes on like their new software they're working on, that kind of stuff. And then that evening you do a social reception and a mixer, which is beautiful as the sun's going down right there at the hot springs. And then the next day, Monday, today, um, is all the normal um, program. So they have a breakfast, a networking, and then they move into welcome events. The uh, Keith Baker, the Chaffee County Commissioner, was here, talked a little bit. Um, and then uh, Vic Moss from the Drone Service Providers Alliance, DSPA, gave a keynote spe uh, speech. He's a former FAA executive. Um, that was very interesting. And then they had a couple panel discussions. So one was on public acceptance of UAVs. Um, they had uh, some vendor presentations on their software. And also, typically, they have the drone racers here. But this year, uh, there's a big drone racing competition happening in Dallas this week. So the drone racing teams weren't here. So at the airfield, normally, they have drone racing. You can put on the little VR goggles, and you can fly the drones or watch the guys flying them. Um, I don't do very well with that. Apparently, I have motion sickness. So. <laughs> but drone racing super cool. <laughs> well, it's outside drone racing. So they have the big hoops out there, you know, and they're yeah. racing the drones. And then during the conference, they typically fly the drones around while you're while you're listening to the speakers. There's these little drones zipping around underneath the table, under your chairs. They're video and everything. Because they, yeah, well, yeah, because they can do it with the VR headsets, right? Yeah. So the guys flying it actually can fly everywhere in there. It's pretty cool. So real quick, um, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, Hold on. I'm curious. Um, this year, have you seen a, a move afoot to go to move away to nothing but American-made copters? Now, I mean, was DJI there no. or any of the foreign ones? DJI is here. Uh, Skydio was not here, but they. So part of um, Big Moss's talk, keynote talk was about 
the acceptance, that's what it was about, the acceptance of drones, particularly the Chinese-made drones. And to be honest, all the UAVs all have Chinese components. I mean, honestly, you know, everything is made in China. So, but DJI has been getting some bad rap, but they are the best. Them and Skydio, there's a new company out there called Whisper. That's a U.S. made. They're not blue yet. They're not. So you have a blue list. There's like 11 companies that are actually American-made UAVs. They are still not as good as the DJIs. Um, you know, everybody still still talks about them. They they had a couple up at the yesterday for the demos, and you know they launched them and they just hovered there. No matter what the wind conditions were, whatever, it self-regulated and just held like super steady. They tested the FLIR one. Now it's a prototype, but it was bobbling all around. It was having a hard time. Yeah. Um, and they said they got some work to do, but they're still the the U.S. made drones still just they're not quite there yet so the problem with the dji's you know they all everything connects to the internet you know when you fly yep. this stuff they either downlink or you know they get their control the command and control from the controller and that that downlink it, they always go you know the, the concern is it's sending data back to china whether or not that's 100 percent true or not i don't know but that's some of the fears well, right so one of the biggest moves afoot, and, and this is what's kind of killing the the market for hobbyists right now, is, you know, all the, and of course, there's the military side, I think. But just uh, the uh, the big companies like Amazon, delivery companies are now wanting to start using drones, right? So what happens is they're, yeah. they want the, the airspace for that. Now, yeah. that's killing the yeah. hobbyists, and now they're saying... Um, all the new drones, they want them to be connected to internet, so FCC can have uh, track them, uh, tracking, and yeah, exactly, tracking them yep. and have access to them, and and they're actually making it to where you need that to check into the internet before you can even fly these things. Well, the obvious yep. are like, why would I ever buy something like that? The whole point of me buying a drone was to take this thing up in the mountains someplace and get some footage of the mountains where I don't have cell phones or service yeah they talked about that they you know they drones now are used for everything from agriculture to marketing to real estate to monitoring your power lines you know looking for animal herds you know looking for elk and buffalo matter of fact they gave a story they were some buffalo got out somewhere and they found the buffalo they got loose from some ranch um you know they're using them for so many things now and that search and rescue uh, actually, only three counties in Colorado have a drone. Um, what does the other guy do? Oh, city planning is another one. Like if you're going to yeah. do development using drones to do. So there, there are so many applications now for drones, and they're doing more and more, and they're teaching kids like in high school to use them. So, yeah, Nate, that was a big topic. That was that whole first panel discussion was on breakout uh, or on public acceptance. And one of the ladies who I'm going to – Try to get on the podcast. Her name is Laura O'Toole. She's the president of the Association for Uncrewed Vehicle Systems International, AUVSI. And they are trying to set the conditions for drone delivery. They have a, um, a unique mailbox as a service solution, and I don't know exactly what that is. Um, but they're doing um, – they're focused on enhancing delivery experiences for both users and shippers – making sure that, you know, the, the aircraft are tracked, the packages are tracked, and uh, super interesting. But they're working that here in Colorado. Um, 
So that was one of the discuss- the people talking this morning. And then there were several, like the pilot Institute is here. They've, they've trained thousands of people. Um, they give them flight training and part 107, uh, and all that. And then there's, uh, the U S safety and UAS safety and certification Institute, unmanned safety Institute was here. They also teach all that stuff. So there's a lot of, there's a big movement afoot to get kind of standards set. the government is afraid of things. Like you said, the, the hobbyists are like, I don't need to do all this stuff. So they're trying to kind of, I would say appease everybody, but find the right mix of, okay, what do we really need to do? Um, there was a software demonstration yesterday from some company. Let me see if I can, I think it was airspace link. They have a, uh, they have a software package where they can show you, you can pull the data from where all the UAVs are flying in an area, uh, before you launch yours. Um, so they're offering that they're, again, airspace deconfliction, like you said, the big deal, um, everybody's paranoid about them. You know, last year at the conference, one of the guys was here from the FAA. He said, you know, they've had one aircraft, a helicopter, crash into a drone. And what happened? Well, the drone got destroyed. <laughs> the helicopter just flew on. Now, could something happen? Sure. Possibly. But to date, nothing has happened. There has been no air collision where a drone has caused an aircraft to you know, catastrophically. No, it. Like uh, you, I think personally, it's because I am a hobbyist, right? I am not part 107. I chose not to become part 107 um, right. just because once you become part 107, it becomes infinitely more difficult to be a hobbyist uh, because once you have that part right. 107, there's extra stuff you have to do no matter what, you, no matter when you fly. Um, and I'd yep. rather just be a hobbyist. Um, that way you can yep. still fly at night. You can still, now, do I fly at night? No, I'm just saying I have the opportunity to, uh, without being, and right. without getting those special permissions. Right. My, honestly, I think what's, well, what's, other- what's happening is that these big, the big boys, Amazon, Walmart, all that kind of stuff that want to start delivering stuff with drones. That's the real reason, right? Why they want to put all these, um, yeah. these things in place. So so they can so they can protect their drones and make sure that they have yeah. right away, which is gonna it's gonna get rid of the entire hobbyist. You know they're trying to do right now hobbyists well, are trying to say, well you can hobbyists can still do it, but you have to be in this aerospace. You have to go to this one uh, five acre lot, and this is the only place you can you know fly your drone. Well, at that point, I'm just done. To the drone hobbyist. park, yeah, exactly. To, to the drone park, yeah. Well, I think when they start doing deliveries, they'll have like air corridors or. So there was a talk this afternoon on a remote ID. Um, I think, you know, they're going to probably require, and most of them probably already have it, some kind of, a, uh, you know, a emitter signal so they can track them where they're all at. And, the, and the, like you said, the Amazon drones, Walmart, those are going to be big drones. Those are going to be like the little, the little ones like you have. You know, they'll be like these big, they have a lift packages and stuff, you know. So they're going to be pretty big drones. So they, I can see that they have to follow kind of, air traffic, airspace control measures, you know, to, to fly around. Now, they're going to be able to deliver anywhere, so I think they're going to have to, like, figure out how to fly, and while they're flying, maybe put in a route before they fly, but as they fly, um, be able to adapt to where they're going to land. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. I just saw I just saw an ad, funny enough, uh, for Domino's, I think, and they do point delivery now for pizzas, like, you can deliver it anywhere, like, you know, a park yeah. or wherever. But I was thinking, well, they're really prepping for the drone delivery. <laughs> you know, I want Pizza Hut, and you call it, and they launch it on a drone, and 
zip it out to you. Yeah, you think pizza's expensive I can now? See that. You know, Little Caesars is seven dollars a pizza. What what is it going to be if I want it delivered by a drone? Seven hundred dollars. I mean, we're just at the cusp of this stuff, so that's that's part of the problem. So I've been attending this conference now for three years, and it's interesting listening to the discussion because the discussions themselves, I think the topics haven't changed. You know, like how are we controlling this? What are the you know the Chinese drones, the the comlinks, the flight paths? You know, but while the topics haven't changed, the discussion beneath them has changed because things have been evolving true slowly, but they have been evolving, right? Like you don't hear some of the discussions anymore, like can we fly here or what kind of drones can you fly? That's all been kind of resolved now. I do know that they're trying to put in the... um, the um, Mountain West UAS, which used to be called, I think, the Central Colorado UAS. They changed their name last year. But they're trying to put an air corridor between for UAVs between um, Buena Vista and Salida. So you can test longer duration UAVs. Beyond line of sight wasn't a big discussion to this year. Um, that's usually been a topic. Can you fly beyond line of sight? I think people are becoming comfortable with that now. You know, that you can do beyond line of sight, um, you know, as long as there's a flight plan and, you know, you know where the drone's going. The drones are all programmed to return when something goes wrong. Yeah. Um, so I think people are getting more comfortable with that. But that, that was not a topic this year, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, that, that it died. Um, so, like I said, Pilot Institute was here. They do lots of training. Another one is Enman Safety Institute. I think both of them are based out of Denver. But they'll do, you know, they'll teach you how to fly it, whether it's for fun or for professional. They'll also get you licensed if you want that. Um, so they have all kinds of courses. They, um, Multicopter Warehouse was here. Um, a guy named Ryan Carter, who's an enterprise account manager. So they are basically the largest vendor for UAVs in Colorado. They're based out of Denver. And uh, if you want to do anything with UAVs, procure any kind of UAV, whether it's a a little teeny one, a racer, or, you know, larger professional versions, um, like a DJI 300 or something like that. They, they sell all that stuff. Yeah. So if you're interested in buying anything, you know, a multi-copter warehouse is great. Um, I, I like the fact that guess, you can go uh, try them first. Yeah. That, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even here, so if you want to fly them, like the drone park, you can come out during the demos. You can come out and fly your own thing if you want to. And the drone park is open all year. So all you got to do is contact the uh, Mountain West UAS Club and just coordinate with them, and you can come here flying. It's a restricted airspace for drones just north, uh, I'm sorry, southwest of the airfield here in Buena Vista. And it's a drone park. They have uh, uh, the equipment set up so you can test the, um, it's not the GPS, but whatever the tracking system is or where the drone is, they have the, the system set up out there permanently. Um and lots of space, this wide open, you know, field, which you can test your drone out there. So I know these guys have a drone field, and then there's a drone field, the Crispin Airfield up uh, in Fort Collins, which was donated to Colorado State University. That's their drone center. And they actually teach drone building and also do classes on, you know, flight operations and, and getting your licenses. That, that's the only other real big drone park I know of. And that airfield is strictly for UAVs now. Um, so if you want to go fly UAVs, 
you know, get a hold of the Colorado State Drone um, Center. By the way, they they have a uh, a drone air show coming up um, October sixth and seventh up in Fort Collins. So if you're interested in seeing like a drone show and, you know, a bunch of different drones and they, they build and fly everything. So if you're interested in a drone, you can contact them and say, Hey, I'm thinking about buying this to do this. They can actually give you some input and say, yeah, we've tested that. You know, the students, you know, crashed it. Now don't buy it. Cause there, I was looking at a couple previously and he said, no, no, I wouldn't buy that one. This is the one you want. I'm like, okay. And, and they test them. They test long duration drones. The average flight time for longer duration is like 40 minutes now on quadcopters, so that's not too bad. That's huge. Um, so again, even 20, 20 uh, 25 minutes is good for a copter. Yeah, well, um, they're up to 40 minutes now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you just land it, swap out batteries, and take off again. Yeah. No, that's yeah. That's pretty so, cool. It's, it's so amazing. Christmas Airfield, yeah, Christmas Airfield up north, and then the Buena Vista Airfield down south. Um, the firefighter guys were here in the search and rescue. Firefighters are using it more and more to identify people, livestock, fires, you know, where the fire is spreading. They're using UAVs. Obviously, search and rescue uses it. And I think I mentioned that there's only three counties that actually have drones, drone operators. Um, I think it's El Paso, Douglas, and Chafee County. And the rest of the counties in Colorado do not have drone operators. So if you're a drone operator, flyer, might be some opportunity for you there. Um, was the one was, company? Uh, huh? I was just going to ask you: Was any military there? Did they did they talk no. to DOD or anything? No, no. Okay. Almost everybody here is commercial. Um, well, um, what was the name of the company? They do drone training for the uh, Pilot Institute. They he said I said you guys do government you know training of government entities and they're like which agency? And I said, well, which ones you do? And he just started rattling them all off. You know, okay. every, every agency out there, border patrol, um, DOI, DOE, DOD, you know, all the DOs. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah, yeah. They all, no, no, no military. Now the, the big military guys, you know, that's general atomic and, yeah. um, blue halo recently acquired a company that does some, Military stuff and um, what about I think General uh, Atomics like the big What about any federal stuff? Did you see any like uh, prisons or anything like that? Um, no, they didn't talk about that. I know that they do use drones. Yeah. Uh, for that, they also use drones for like architecture, like you know, looking at bridges, looking at dams, looking at buildings. You can use hyperspectral or infrared and. With oh, cracks yeah. and stuff like that. We so, used to use yeah, them they, to, again to check out, you know, uh, radomes over top of large radar systems and, and ground-based satellite mm-hmm. tracking systems. We used to take drones to inspect instead of having some some dude get a you know strap up with a uh, a rope and and climbing gear to climb the radome. We literally just send a drone up and inspect it uh, with the drone. Well, they do that for buildings too, like all the outside of the buildings, the roofs of the buildings. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, our, our friends at Waller Industries, you remember them from a couple of years ago, yeah, you know, they Waller were, his dad. yeah, they were, they were doing power lines out in California where they fly along the power line and they're looking at power emission and also status of the, you know, the towers and the lines, but also looking at the power emissions, like where there's areas where, you know, power's leaking or something like that. So they were flying yeah. along that. Yeah. It's just, it's just amazing. The stuff, you know, roads. You know, fly along the roads, look for potholes and cracks, and it, it, it really is amazing. Um, 
like I said, search and rescue is out here. They're using infrared. I know the VA is starting to use drones too, using thermals. Um, there was a company here that's got LIDAR, a lot of photo, photogrammetry and also um, geospatial GIS, you know, mapping of just the terrain and using different sensors to, to map. A year ago, they had a guy here from a mining company and he was, he was showing us some of the sensors he was using and he landed the, he was at the drone park and when he got done landing, he went over to the guy running the conference and said, Hey man, what used to be here last year or before the airport? And he goes, well, what are you talking about? He goes, well, what was here before the airport was here? Like what, what happened here? He goes, Oh, this was a big gold, gold mining, um, um, processing plant here. And he goes, why? He said, we need to talk. <laughs> and so, 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 uh, the guy that runs this whole event, um, and, and the, uh, Mountain West UAS, there's a guy named uh, Taylor Albrecht, and Taylor goes, goes like, what, what's down here? What are you talking about? He goes, there's, there appears to be a lot of gold. He's like, really? And so then that was the end of the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, there's all that kind of stuff going on. Uh, another big company that, that was here uh, is Black Swift Technologies. They're pretty popular. If you go to their website, they do a lot of work for, like, NASA, NOAA. They've been doing a lot of work on volcanoes. Um, live and inactive volcanoes doing mapping and looking at them. They do, they like to do extreme weather condition stuff. So like during wildfires, volcanoes, tornadoes, hurricanes, they send the drones into this stuff. So they got, they have some bigger, heftier drones. Nice. Um, again, super interesting geospatial stuff. So if you're, you know, you got, I keep on telling people this every year, I think is like, if you want to get into drones or you have a drone, even if it's just for fun, or if you want to like, hmm, you know, I wouldn't mind getting into some kind of drone business. I would highly uh, uh, encourage you to attend this conference. And we're going to do it again next year. They've been doing it every year. Um, they're trying to, you know, grow it somewhat, too, although I'd say it's pretty steady. It's it's usually several hundred people. It's it's a quaint venue. Um, a lot of people get married in Mount Princeton Hot Springs in the pavilion that we're in. That's usually where the reception is. So it's super nice. The window looks down the valley, you know, at the 14ers and stuff, and just really spectacular green lawns, deer, turkeys, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's very picturesque, and then you have this conference going on, which is a great conference, and they leave a lot of time for networking. So you're able to talk to a lot of the providers. I was talking to uh, one of the gentlemen last night. Hold on, I want to throw his name out because um, I met him last year too. He... Uh, I don't see his thing on here. He's a local guy. Topo something. He he does city planning. I feel bad. I'm sorry. I didn't get your name, Brian. Uh, but he does city planning, and he's got a UAV company. And so he he gets with a planner. They do all the, like, very rural towns that don't have city planners. Yeah. And they'll get with those towns and say, hey, can we help you do city planning? We'll bring in the guide, the city planner, who does like here you could develop this area, this area is for this, and they'll fly the drones and do, you know, imagery, photography of the areas to support the city planning, and that's how they'll do like future city planning, and they they do it all, you it's know, like a cool. vendorship. Yeah, again, you know, it's kind of what you want to do with this thing, but the more you think about it, you're like, huh, yeah, that's interesting. I would even suggest you know mountain bike trails or you know anything. Nice. So, yeah, super great conference. Again, this is my third year. I just wanted to put, I wanted to get on the radio show. I, I told Nate, hey, I need to, we need to, I need, we need to do a podcast on this again because I highly want to encourage people in Colorado 
in the Rocky Mountain region. I think this is really kind of the big UAV conference. I know there's a huge one in Las Vegas, but some of the guys that were in the Las Vegas one, which I think was in August, I want to say, they're like, you know, there's there's millions of people there. There's all these vendors of every UAV thing. But this one's about, like, local people and how do you use it locally? How do you employ UAVs locally? What are some of the local issues? So I think, you know, from a Rocky Mountain region perspective, this conference is really good. Um, and I don't know any others that are like this. There's a, there's one other that occurs in Denver, and I, the name's escaping me, that um, I think it's in the fall where they, they talk about virtual reality stuff and, and they talk about drones to use for the virtual reality, you know, imaging of buildings and stuff like that, but not not to this extent where it's kind of wide open. So this year's topic was unpacking the challenges of uncrewed vehicles, which is also a new name, right? You yes. used to hear, you know, unmanned aerial systems or unmanned aerial vehicles, and now they're the uncrewed vehicles is a term they've been throwing out, which I think goes back to your bigger, the bigger drones delivery of packages. And, you know, they're starting to talk about that. So, yep. yeah, I just want to put a plug in, um, you mountain West UAS roundup 2023 coming to an end here in a couple hours. Um, but, uh, UAS Roundup 2024 is on the horizon. It'll be their 12th year. Um, Mount Princeton Hot Springs, which is uh, just kind of southwest of Buena Vista, Colorado, and it'll be next September. want to put a plug in and want to put a plug in for Mountain West UAS. Uh, you can join them. I think it's like mountainwestuas.com. You can Google it. But they're always looking for people to join. Um, I've been a member now for the last three years. I attend they most of their meetings and their their speakers are all uh you know broadcast over Zoom so I attend their speakers but they have a lot of guys coming in doing doing all kinds of cool things with UAVs um that's really the topics and uh again just they're just trying to push the UAV use and make sure that people are aware of the stuff the only other group in Colorado is Colorado UAS they're based out of Denver um they don't really have any kind of event like this. It's just a monthly meeting that they do. Sure. Uh, and that's been kind of on and off for a while. They've been um, not as engaged as the Mountain West UAS. So, anyways, great, great event. Highly encourage people to come. Um, hope to see some folks there next year. I'm pretty sure I'll be back. It's a great excuse to come up for the weekend in Mount Princeton Hot Springs. And, Nate, I'm inviting you now for <laughs> next year. year. Mountain West UAS. Mount Princeton Hot Springs, 2024, September 2024. So, you know, look at the, I think it's the third weekend, right? Is this the second or third weekend? I think second. it is. So, or is it? second weekend. So, it's probably the second or third weekend of September. Okay. So, put it, put it on your calendar. Start uh, marking it. I'm telling you now. I'm inviting you now. So, next year, you can't you can't go. They're doing this. Can I bring drones? You know, you're inviting you mean, I can play the drones? Yeah, I've got yeah, a couple we absolutely. Can, we can go out and play. Absolutely, we can. Excellent. Yeah, we can we can come up Friday, spend Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, or just just like I did this time, Saturday, Sunday night. That's probably perfect. Um, and and oh, one one more plug, real quick. So when you come up, you one you get a discount on the rooms for coming to the conference. Two, you get all access to all of the hot spring pools. Ooh. Uh, all day and night. So typically it's like 40, if you just come here for the public, it's 45 bucks 
and you can only get into three of the four pools. But if you're a member, or if you're you know staying here, you get access to four of the pools plus the three additional hot tubs, and the one pool that the normal people don't get access to has a bar and a steam room and a sauna and a cold plunge and again great fun oh you also get access to mountain bikes uh if you spend the the weekend here um so again great deal um great fun and super interesting lots of stuff happening across the uas industry in colorado and um Taylor did talk to me, Nate. He wants to have a little more discussion about how maybe the smalls can work with them a little more um, okay. as well. So that's something coming in the future too. And, and finally, I got a hat. I got a new hat. I need one really bad. Um, <laughs> but I got it from the UAS Safety Institute giving away hat. So I think this is hat number 1,725. Nice. Although it might be 26. I don't know. I got quite a few this I year. I have about the same. Um, but that's because <laughs> we're both going bald, so we need the extra protection. <laughs> is that what head. it is? I'm not going bald yet, man. It's a little thinner. <laughs> well, I'm not bald. Though, it's just yeah. thin. It's thin. Yes, it's thinning. That or my thinning. head's getting bigger and my it just makes my hair look thinner. I don't know which one it is. That could be too. So I'm looking at these 14ers right now. By the way, it's all snow capped up here. All the 14ers have snow down the tree line. Not not solid white yet, but mm, pretty good. Um, this weekend was also the Pikes Peak Ascent and Marathon. So I'm curious to get back home and see kind of what happened out of that. So the run up Pikes Peak. Um, and then last weekend I did the Pikes Peak Challenge for the Brain Injury Alliance Colorado BIAC. It was a fundraising event for them. That was a lot of fun as well. So. Um, if you check out the Smalls calendar, you'll see that there are events every week, uh, every month. I think we have no months without any activities. It does slow down a little bit, you know, the Burr month, September, October, November, December. However, you know, there's a lot of Christmas parties. I'd say, you know, mid-November, it slows up a bit, and then end of December, but then there's all the Christmas parties. So yeah. lots of stuff coming up, lots of exciting events. So stay plugged into the network uh you know nate and i continue to push it look at the calendar if you're going to schedule events i did want to put a plug in if you're doing an event please look at our calendar i don't know how many events we see that overlap each other especially if it's uh you know like a, a professional organization we had a day last month in august where we i think we had six events on a thursday all these professional organizations all five to seven p.m um, I would encourage professional organizations to look at the calendar and kind of deconflict. If you moved your event one day, either left or right, you probably get more attendance because people are having to go, well, do I want to go to this one or that one? Because as you know, most of the people around here, we're all kind of plugged into multiple events or multiple organizations. So, um, yeah. you know, just encourage companies and organizations to look at uh, those calendars to see kind of what's going on and, make it a little easier for the participants to attend. Exactly. Um, okay. That's well, all I got, Nate. Talk a lot. Woo! I More know. coffee. That's that's okay. You had a cup of coffee, so we're good. And you're there, so it is your job to talk, to talk about it. So. Um, I am. I am. Okay. Well, take some good pictures. I want to see some pictures when you get back, and especially the snow-capped right. mountains. So uh, uh, right. with that, um, I'm just going to sign off and say we're going to see you next week. Okay. Talk to you later. All right, thanks, thanks. thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.
You've reached the end of another episode of the Smalls Cast podcast. Connect with us at thesmalls.org. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you at the next episode. See you at the next episode.